When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast, powered by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Connor Morissette. Believe has shows dedicated to all of your favorite LA sports teams. Our shows are available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Today, Sierra Kane and head football coach John Ellinghouse joins the podcast to discuss the Trailblazers' rise from eight-man football to Southern Section Division Three champions. We also hit on what division he thinks his team will play in next year and his favorite memories from his coaching journey. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining me. 2006, Sierra Canaan expands and adds a high school. When did you come aboard here and start coaching football, and what were those early days like? Well, first off, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, we I came on in 2006 and, uh, you know, basically started the program from nothing, which, in all honesty, was some of the things that really appealed to me about this job was that uh, I could kind of build it and create it in, in my vision without having somebody else before me have done a bunch of things. And from creating the uniforms to creating the staff, um, it was really a blank slate. I was a young guy at the time, so it was, uh, you know, I had some time that I could serve to be able to, to build and grow in a program. And, and I just th- really, after meeting with the headmaster here, just believed in his vision for what he wanted for, uh, you know, a, a place that was super high-end academic, um, but also, um, you know, put a big emphasis on sports, which I think is unique in, in, in uh, high school sports nowadays in private schools. Um, you know, we're an elite academic school that really takes our sports seriously. And at that point, started as eight-man. What's that first season like? I assume you don't have any seniors. The oldest guys would maybe be juniors who started somewhere else and, and came in. What's it like to have a first season? Because usually there are schools that have so much history in the, in the public school, you know, they've been going on for years. What's it like to have a first season kind of out of nowhere? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's one of the cool things when you hear about the story of Sierra Canyon. And as an administration, we all the time just sit back and go, you know, remember less than 10 years ago when we were at this, you know, little field park playing uh, eight-man football. But, you know, when we started eight-man football, it was actually a challenge for me because I had never, uh, I'd never even seen an eight-man football game. And uh, so 
I, I viewed it as a challenge to try to understand the rules, maybe do things a little different than other people did. Um, and we did. And so, you know, we started out, we had six kids show up to our first practice. Um, at the time, there was uh, right about 100 students at Sierra Canyon and, and uh, you know, a brand new school and a temporary campus. And, and we, uh, we, we, slowly built it into something that was really awesome but back in the day man football i'll tell you it was it was uh you know equally gratifying if you're doing this for the right reasons you're doing it because you care about kids and you're trying to you know teach them and and teach them life lessons outside of the game and and you still do that um and you know we had grander vision of what we wanted to be and so um, we always told ourselves when we felt like we were at all ready we would jump in and and that's what we did we went to 11 man and you know you know, we probably weren't ready to start playing eight-man football at one point, and we did it. And then we probably weren't ready to start 11-man, and we did it. And we've just uh, slowly climbed the ladder of, uh, of uh, you know, football in Southern California and, uh, you know, have had a, a pretty awesome thing of achieving some success on each one of those little ladders as well. And for people who aren't aware, this year winning Division Three in the Southern section and playing <clears throat> the Division Two champion Upland in the uh, state playoffs and beating them, so you really – had quite the year this year from from where you guys started. You mentioned how six guys came out to the first practice. How many guys finished that year? Yeah, we played eight man football. We had eleven kids on the team, um, and uh, it's it's one of the, one of my best memories of eight man football. I'll tell you really quickly was we were up at a, a place called Dunn, which is out in Los Olivos, out in Wine Country, up outside of Santa Barbara, and, and uh, it's a little boarding school, and they got a little field, no stadium, and you know, basically a dirt field and. We got down to where we had eight players, and our guard, which is only guards, you know, there's no tackles, there's only three linemen. So our guard twisted his ankle very, very severely, um, and it was like uh, we literally had our other two linemen carrying him to the line of scrimmage to uh, to just fall down or try to cut somebody, but he couldn't play football. But we only had eight players left, and we wanted to finish the game. So, yeah, the first year was, uh, was dicey. There's some great memories and great things that I'll tell for forever. Um, about about that year, but uh, yeah, our, our early beginnings were very interesting. You played at Calabasas, I read, went on to uh, coach at Chaminade for a little bit and went to school at CSUN. What prepared you for coaching? You've done a really great job. You know, I, I got into coaching, and, and I was basically asked by the guy that uh, that coached me in high school once I got done playing. Um, you know, I said, I need some help. I, I just need a, we've got a, a little bit of an issue here. Can you come in for a couple of weeks and, 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 uh, and help me out? So I literally thought I was getting into coaching for two weeks. I was coaching on crutches because I just had an ACL surgery and my final surgery. And, and uh, you know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the relationships with the kids. And, and uh, you know, over the course of a couple of years at Calabasas, just started to work for some good guys and, and, uh, and decided this is something that I wanted to do. And then I went and, uh, I was approached uh, by the guy named Ben McEnroe, who was really my mentor in, in coaching and uh, just a fantastic football coach. And I was approached by him. And at the time, I thought I knew a lot, and I really didn't. And uh, I just spent uh, seven days a week in the office learning from him and, and, and when I was at Chaminade and, and, uh, and learned how to do it right, learned a lot of things from him. And then, you know, as you do this and you do it now, I've been doing it over 20 years, you take a little bit from everybody and, and, and just, you know, hone your craft and and uh and become the coach we have today and people might not know this but you won some championships in softball at Chaminade right what were those days like yeah we had uh yeah back in the day I was more known as a softball coach I think but uh yeah we had some great teams and and that was a great part of uh you know really learning to be how to be a coach as well um was was learning with different personalities and stuff but uh yeah we won two CIF championships in uh in softball at uh 
at Chaminade, and and uh, some of those uh, girls that played for me are, are still playing in the pro. So I had I was lucky. I lucked into it and and got some fantastic players at the time. And at that point, when you were at Chaminade, I read that you finished second to get the football coaching position. So it didn't work out there. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Looked like it worked out now when you're doing so well at Sierra Canyon, but. How disappointing was that, and how much did that disappointment drive you to, to be a better coach? You know, it's funny. I, as I counsel kids all the time, I say, you know, sometimes you're you're heartbroken, and you uh, and you don't you just you don't understand why you don't understand. Um, you know, you felt like you were the right person for the job. You felt like you were in a, in a position to be successful, and and uh, you know, looking back in life, you go, wow, you know that 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 worked out for me. So, uh, you know, I, I was able to. I think one of the best things about my career so far is I was able to kind of grow in the position, um, start out, you know, I thought I was, you know, ready to be a head coach and I was, but, um, I was able to, to do some things and, and, and grow into the position here, um, and, and, and make some mistakes when nobody was watching. So I, uh, I wouldn't have done it any other way now. Um, yeah, I was heartbroken at the time when I didn't get that job, but, uh, um, it worked out great for me. Let's get into the early 11-man football days at Sierra Canyon. You mentioned how you started in Division 11. Now you've jumped all the way to D3, and there's a chance of getting into D1 this upcoming year. What were those early 11-man days like for this team? You know, that's that, I think that's what's been great. Like I said, climbing the ladder at Sierra Canyon, you know, every 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 achievement we had was the biggest achievement we had at the time, you know. And so, uh, you know, when we, when we uh, won our first league championship, it was a huge deal for us, you know. And we were playing against uh, – you know, really good football teams. And some of the teams we still compete against, like Paraclete, you know, back in the day they were in that division. You know, the division structure was much different, and it wasn't wasn't based on uh, competitive equity. It was more based on what, what league you were in and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, there were some great football teams that we played. And, and uh, you know, like I said, every CIF championship we won was the biggest one we'd ever won. So um, it still is true today, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we I, – I, football's football, you know, and and when you're competing at that level and you've got a smaller team and you're at a, a smaller school, it was uh, it was a big deal to be playing some of those teams and, and competing. And we were lucky enough to win a couple uh, CIF championships there and a state championship in 2011, which was uh, you know something that I would think really put us on the map. And uh, you know, I think one of the best things about Sierra Canyon is. Um, as I've seen the school grow and stuff, there's, you know, you hear all the things that are said about you and the haters out there saying, oh, you know, small school football, this and that and that. And we've been able to, you know, slowly chip away at a lot of those things. You know, we can play against the big schools, and we proved that this year. And we, we, we can go out and win a, a, a CIF championship at a high level. We did that this year. Um, so it's been fun to, to slowly try to silence all those those critics out there. Yeah, certainly. A couple of years ago, beating Calabasas. Last year, beating Valencia, Division One team, first D1 team that you guys had taken down in the history of Sarah in football, so you're absolutely right about that. That first CAF championship, was that Division 11, Division 10, do you remember? First one was Division 10. Okay, and then in 2016, well, let's get to 2011 first, actually. That state championship, were you still in Division 10 at that point? Uh, we were, and then we won a Division 4 uh, state championship. And who'd you play in that title game? Uh, in the CIF, we beat Paraclete, um, a pretty decisive win. That was one of our um, first real big wins against them, which was, was pretty cool. Um, and then we went on to play uh, at the Home Depot Center, and uh, we played a school called La Grande um, up from uh, Northern California. And uh, it was a close game at halftime. We ended up winning big. Has anyone on that team gone on to play in college and – because, like you said, that kind of put you guys on the map. Who who really made an impact that year? Yeah, um, 
we had a, a young man named Xavier Menafield who went on to play in the Big uh, the Big Ten. He played at Northwestern. Um, great, great football player. Um, our quarterback then was uh, a kid named Tyler Stewart who uh, went on to start at Nevada and had a great, a great college career and dabbled a little bit in Canadian football and and uh, you know had a had a pretty serious shoulder injury. I think he probably would have. Uh, been able to play you know get paid to play a little bit more but uh had a bad shoulder injury in one of his last uh, college games at Nevada very successful um Andrew Terry our tackle uh went on to play four years at Brown and uh, had a great career in the Ivy League so um you know for a small school we were much smaller then um you know that was a pretty good core of kids and we had uh, uh we had some some Danny Jordan was just a great football player went on to play um college level uh, you know uh, division two level and then a, a young man named Will Will Jones, um, who played at uh, Adams State in Colorado. Um, unfortunately, Will's passed away just this year, which was a really tough loss for our program. He was just a great kid. But uh, yeah, we we had uh, we had some great football players back then. We we loved to sit around in the staff room and talk about uh, you know what team would have played who and who would have won and and that sort of stuff. And and that was a good football team, and they could have competed with our 2016 team. There's no doubt. You know, see. So kind of leading with your question about uh, different divisions and that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of it doesn't matter. Football's football, and, and uh, you know, that was a very strong football team back in the day. You mentioned the 2011 team, how they put you on the map. 2016, going to Division Four, and you talked to me off the air about how you kind of thought, okay, Division Four, we might be in over our heads a little bit. And then to win at that level, that must have been really affirming and, and just so gratifying coming from uh, the roots that Sierra Kane and football has come from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that that two thousand the two thousand fifteen team was great too. We won uh, won a CIF championship that year, and then we went on and, and played in a really tight regional game, and we ended up probably our worst loss in our history. Sound frustrated? Yeah, we were up by twenty one and gave it away. It was uh, one of the worst ones. That team really could have won a state championship as well. Um, that was against San Marino, okay. um, and they had a uh, great quarterback, great receiver combination that that ended up uh, pulling it out on us, but. Uh, yeah, in 2016, Bobby Cole, uh, you know, great, great running back, just uh, the type of kid you want to coach, you know, played with heart and desire and was a great leader. Um, Kanan Ray, who was our tackle, went on to play. He got a scholarship to UCLA and has since transferred to Colorado. Um, so he's he's buying, you know, this is his first year of, uh, you know, after a redshirt year, this is his first year of being able to play. and. You know, he's vying for a starting position in Colorado right now. So, yeah, we, that was a great, talented team. Nico Harris, great quarterback. Sam Shadorf, tight end. Dylan Tate. Um, you know, it's fun to sit here and talk about these guys because they're guys that really are important to me and, and that I love. And, and uh, that, was a, that was a great football team. And this past year was a really great team as well, especially, I don't want to say you started slowly in the wins column you did, but you were really challenging yourselves. You, you played against Jordan Wilmore and Lawndale, and he's off to Utah. You had – some tough games early in the season and then finished really strong. We'll get into this past year in a little bit. I have some specific questions about some guys on that team. But first, you won Division Three in the Southern Section, beat the Division Two Championship in the State Bowl game, like I mentioned. What division do you think you're going to be in this upcoming year? You know, it's funny. I know there's a lot of coaches out there that, that, that have their logarithms and their calculators out and, and all that stuff, you know. Since they've created this new system, my approach, you know, we were in Division 10 and we moved to Division 4 and we, we thought we had no chance and, and we ended up winning that year. And, and uh, you know, this year, obviously moving up to Division 3 and seeing teams like Cajon and, you know, frightening teams, you know, I kind of just, we're going to have to play wherever they put us. And, and um, you know, I believe in my team. I think we've got, our program couldn't be in better shape. You know, our, 
our last two JV teams have been undefeated. Uh, we started seven sophomores and a freshman last year on varsity. Um, so we're, we're, we're loaded with our young talent, and we're ready for whatever challenge they throw at us. To answer your question, I think we're going to be one of the the top teams in Division Two as far as, you know, when they when they uh, release the rankings, we'll be one of the ones up there or, or we'll be one of the last in Division One. Um, so, and we'll go out there and compete and do the best we can against whoever they put us against. In the Gold Coast League, it's a really unique situation. You and Paraclete and the past couple of years, it's been true, but this past year, you were kind of in a league of your own. But you play Paraclete at the end of the year for the league championship. Don't play any of the other teams. So on paper, that sounds kind of weird. But it gives you an opportunity to schedule some better teams, if you will. So I'm sure you like that aspect of it. But I'm sure you'd want to be in a league, like a traditional league, like every other team in Southern California. Just what are your thoughts on that whole situation? And is there are there any plans to get out of there and, and join a new league? I don't know how easy that would be. Just kind of a weird spot to be in. Yeah, you know, um, when this whole thing went down, I, I got to say I was very upset because it was just kind of one of those things where I just think it kind of went against what you know, high school athletics stands for, and I, I didn't agree with the decision that our league made. Um, you know, hindsight, looking back, it's the best thing that's happened to us. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it allowed us to uh, not not play in meaningless games and playing meaningful games. Um, the best way I can describe it is we're like the Notre Dame University of high school football. You know, we can go out and play an independent schedule, um, you know, and that allowed us to play teams like Calabasas and Valencia and, and the teams we played last year. Um, which was great for us and prepared us for the playoffs. And, and like I said, it, it ended up being a, a really good thing for us. Um, you know, the way the CIF does leagues, it's it's kind of a complicated system. Um, don't necessarily know where the future holds, but what I can guarantee you is we're going to play the best teams around and we're going to continue to compete. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it, Paraclete is a good challenge for us. Paraclete's a good program. Their coach, Dean Harrington, does a, a really good job and, and – uh, He's a challenge every year to go against, and so uh, that's a fun game. It's been a rivalry since our beginning, since we started playing 11-man. That's been the team we played. You know, we used to play them twice a year. We'd play them in the CIF championship and in a league championship. Um, so we enjoy that game, and, uh, you know, we enjoyed every game. Calabasas was a great rivalry for us and, you know, those teams. And, and uh, this year we've picked up Oaks Christian on our schedule, which oh, I think wow. is going to be a, a good one for us. So, uh um, you know, we're able to play teams like Oaks Christian and, and those schools um, and Westlakes and those schools because we're able to uh, to have some fluidity in our schedule. So not a bad thing for us. Um, you know, the future, I would say we're probably going to end up in, a, in a, another very highly competitive league. And, you know, we're working on that, but there's no guarantees until that comes out. You know, they do a re-leaguing every four years. Um, so for the next couple of years, this is the situation we're in and we're going to make the best of it. Great, so we'll see what happens there. Let's get into some of the guys on the team this past year. Chaden Peary's been your quarterback since his freshman year. He'll be a junior this upcoming season. What led to him, or you going with him as a freshman? Because it's so unique to see a freshman quarterback in high school play. I'm sh I know an injury played a part in it, but he kind of took the job and went on and, and ran with it. How impressed have you been with him as a, as a young quarterback and now he's kind of maturing into that leader, that older guy? He's been a great part of this program the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, um, since we started the program and kind of have had to do things a little different, you know, the, the one thing that's been common in our program is we play the best guys. And, um, you know, Chaden came in as a, as a highly touted guy and we knew he was a very talented player from the, the minute he got here. Um, but, uh, you know, that year we had a kid named Mason Quant who was um, now he's now the quarterback at University of Pennsylvania. Um, so great, great level quarterback. And um, 
he blew his knee out in the first quarter of the first game. Um, and then we had a, a couple talented kids that battled it out, and uh, we made a decision to, to go with Chaden and uh, did a great job. And he, I think we rattled off eight straight wins with him that year. Um, we ended up getting knocked out early in the playoffs, but it was a, a good learning experience for him, a good learning experience for us. And, and uh, you know, obviously Chaden had a good year this year, but, uh, you know, we're going to continue to play the best players, and whether they're young or old or what have you, we're going to play the best guys, and that's been how we've built this place, and that's going to be how it is as long as I'm here. And I think that's so important, too, because now we see in college sometimes guys have to wait a year, and, and in the pros, you got to go with the, the best guys and just – I never really understood that. Back when I was younger, you n never would see really a freshman make a, a big impact unless it was basketball. In football, it was so rare. As a skill position guy, I think it's so important to uh, to play the best of the best, and I'm glad that you, you had that philosophy because a lot of coaches, for some reason, think you need a year under your belt to understand the system. But yeah. if a guy is a, comes in, has a good summer, and – is athletic enough? I, you know, there's no reason not to play him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we did that again this year with uh, you know a kid named Kamari Ramsey who started. Uh, he didn't start every game because he couldn't play in the first game because he was 13 years old, and you're not <laughs> wow. allowed to play when you're 13. Wow. But uh, after he had his uh, 14th birthday on our second game, he started every game from that that point forward, and he did because he was uh, the best player in that position. So you know, that's we've had uh, I want to say five years in a row of a freshman starting on varsity. You know, and so that's. Uh, that's our belief, and if uh, you know, Chaden was the year before, and and uh, like I said, we've got great young talent in our program, guys that you probably haven't heard of that are going to come up and, and do great things, and and uh, when they're ready, they'll get on the field. What position was Ramsey this past year? Kamari was our free safety. Okay, yeah. Josh Carlin signed with UCLA after not really being sure if he was going to get that scholarship offer. It comes in right during the early signing period. He's a star-studded offensive lineman for you. What did that? signing mean to you a guy who has really done everything the right way worked really hard to see him you know get that UCLA offer I'm sure that meant a lot to you yeah you know uh you know that's one thing about our program is we've had we've had great college um, placement and our kids have gone off to some of the greatest schools around and, and we're really proud of that and that really means that they've done a good job but you know in Josh's particular case I'll tell you he was uh what we want from Sierra Canyon you know he was a kid that had six um Ivy League offers, you know, he had Harvard, Penn, Yale, Columbia, um, you know, those places fighting over him, which means he's achieved the highest level of success on the field, and then also been a great student and, um, you know, put himself in where he can be successful in life. And, you know, I just was reading a stat yesterday about the percentage of kids that go off and play high school football, that percentage that go off and do play in the pros. And then if you do play in the pros, the amount of them that make it four years, you know, you're, it's an uphill battle. And we've had, I have kids that I've coached that are playing in the NFL right now, which is awesome. Um, but we're trying to prepare kids for that next stage of life whenever football ends, and Josh is that kid. Uh, Josh did have several Division One offers outside of the Ivy League before he went to UCLA, um, but he was really thinking Ivy League because he uh, he wanted the academic component and he wanted to you know prepare himself and get a great job once once football ends. And and he's a really bright, smart kid. You know, so once UCLA came in, it was uh, it was uh, a really easy decision for him because they filled both buckets you know they were able to give him the highly academic component but also you know he's going to play in the Pac-12 and he's going to go play in the USC UCLA game and you know do the things that kids want to do too which is you know prove that you can play at the highest level and I really do believe that that uh, Josh can play at that highest level and and UCLA was high on him all the time and I gotta say I respect UCLA because in today's society I think one of the craziest things is is this 
offer system, you know, and what does an offer mean and is it real? And, um, you know, I think a lot of kids are getting led on and, um, UCLA and their staff there is, is, is doing it the right way. And they're offering you a spot when they have a spot for you and they're going to recruit you and, and, and treat you great until they have a spot. But as a high school coach, it's great because they're not one of these schools. You know, I hear about schools in the SEC and stuff that have offered, you know, 550 kids for, you know, 18 spots. And uh, I just don't think that's right. And, uh, you know, the UCLA staff and, and uh, you know, the, the guys over there, they do it the right way. And they, they, they recruited Josh and they were at practice. And, you know, we remember, um, you know, we were, uh, you know, Chip Kelly was at our uh, our practice in the week that left. And they had, you know, a couple coaches there. And um, they recruited him right up to, to the end. And, and then when they had a spot for him, they offered it to him. And uh, it ended up being what Josh wanted to do. And he took it, which was a great situation for him and, you know, he deserves to be at that level of football. One other question with Josh. In the Upland game, the State Bowl game this past year, he got into it with Justin Flo a little bit, a great 2020 linebacker, and Justin got ejected. And then after the game, one of the Upland parents tweeted at Josh. I saw and he said, I'm going to tell all these D1 coaches not to recruit you. You're, you're classless. And one game, I'm sure that guy didn't really, you know, you see what you want to see. I've covered Sierra Canyon for couple years now and you know Josh isn't that kind of kid what did that whole interaction uh what did you make of that it was weird I thought it was uh I thought it was interesting um you know I really didn't think Josh did anything wrong and you know he (laughs) he uh he was playing exactly how I want my linemen to play so if you're going to tell me my linemen are going to be playing with with an edge and putting a high level division one guy on his back late on the play and 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 driving our guy I mean that's who we were this year we were a physical football team we won you know people talk about EJ Gable who was a fantastic football player but we won because of guys like Josh Carlin and Chris Pruitt and Josh Roca and uh, Jason Gilmore and Cruz Nix. I mean, our old line was good. And, uh, you know, when you got mean alignment and they're playing that way, and Josh is the kid you want to coach. He's a, he's a guy that plays with an edge and, and is mean on the field, and he's the nicest, sweetest kid off of it. So that's what I want for my football team. And, and uh, you know, uh, he got under that kid's skin. I think a lot of it was because we were beating him. And uh, at the end of the game, the kid cracked and did something he shouldn't have done, got thrown out. Um, I think it's ridiculous that a parent would even talk to a, a child like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's his choice. But I know Josh dealt with it great, and and, uh, and uh, we went on to play in a state championship game, which was fun for us. So. One other thing I want to hit on about this past uh, year's team, DJ Harvey, we've seen this offseason, his scholarship situation has really <coughs> blown up. Oregon's gotten involved, a lot of really high-level Division One schools, and he still has um, a couple years to go. Have you ever had a guy who's been this highly recruited this early? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, and we've had some great football players, and um, DJ deserves every accolade he's getting. He's uh, he's an extremely talented kid. He's a great, great young man. He's got a lot of skill. I think he can contribute at the college level, both offensively and defensively. Um, and he deserves every ounce of praise he's getting. And to be honest with you, you know our program is in a great spot, like I told you. And we've got we got a bunch of kids that are going to end up getting Division One offers, uh, you know, in, in the in the younger classes and our junior class. And uh, so he's not the only one. So we're excited about it. That's true. And he's a legitimate national guy. And it's kind of cool to see him blossom into that from a great sophomore year now to being on the map in that capacity, uh, it, it's exciting for the program, I'm sure, and, and exciting for him. I'm sure you're very happy. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, DJ deserves every ounce of, uh, of praise he's getting. He worked incredibly hard in the offseason last year. He's one of those guys that does 
something every weekend to make himself better and goes out and competes in the seven on seven circuit and the training circuit and the camps and that sort of stuff and and uh you know that the jump that he made from a freshman to a sophomore was was unreal and he uh he got a chance to be you know one of our top guys as far as who we targeted last year and and uh What's exciting for me is to think if he can continue to be making jumps, what he could really be. Because if he if he continues to improve the way he did last year, uh, you know, then then uh, we'll be watching him in the SEC or uh, the NFL one day. You coach every kid every day from ninth to twelfth grade. That's something that's really important to you. So you're coaching JV as well, and and how just how do you deal with that much responsibility? How, how do you do it? I know that's really been important to this program, though. You having a your fingerprints on, on everyone. Yeah, that's one of my firm beliefs as to why we've been as successful as we have is um, my coaches and I, we invest in our, our young talent. And uh, um, from their freshman year on, they step on the field and we're coaching them. And uh, it's a sacrifice. You know, our coaches got to coach a couple games a week and we've got to spend a little more time on the practice field and we got to, um, you know, prepare kids that, that aren't prepared. But I can tell you that that's probably the, the single biggest factor as to why our kids, you know, make the leaps that they do is because, uh, you know, we invest in them at a young age and, and they learn our system. And the best way I can always put it is there's no lost in translation in our program. You know, you're going to know how we want you to do it and what you want to do from, from your first year on. And then once you get to where you can do that, you're going to be on the field doing it. So uh, um, it's exciting. On a JV game day, are you the head coach of the JV team? Um, I coach and I'm on the field. I, I let uh, my offensive line coach, who's a great coach, a guy named Alex Rosenblum, is the, the head JV coach, um, but he's the varsity O-line coach. Um, and I just kind of uh, sit around and probably annoy him too much, tell him what he, what he should be doing and that sort of stuff. But uh, no, we're, every one of my coaches uh, participates on, on a JV game and, and has a role. We do kind of shift the roles around because I want guys to – be able to do something a little different and, and grow themselves. And, and Alex has done a great job of, uh, of uh, you know, being the, the, the head JV coach. And he's a, I think he's undefeated since he's been doing it, which is pretty cool. And then before that, a guy named Mark Survey, who's my associate head coach on varsity and our offensive coordinator, he did that for, for several years as well. So um, that's kind of been our niche, and that's been how we've, uh, we've uh, been able to grow our program. And the staff, as you said, is, is so close. How did that – tight bond come together and how long have a lot of these guys been here because it seems like you guys are, are so close and it's been that way for a while yeah from the head coaching perspective it's the best thing I have going for myself is I really do feel like my coaching staff is the best around and uh, I've been very fortunate to keep the core of our staff around for a long time and we talk about winning games in 2011 uh, most of the guys that were on our staff or have uh, have high level roles where we're involved in that game you know and so we've been able to do it so as a head coach, I spend a lot less time trying to worry about, you know, everybody knowing what we do want to do. I was like, I always joke, like, we don't have a preseason staff meeting because it's like, hey, we're going to do what we did last year, you know. And obviously we talk about scheme and that changes and that's always evolving and we try to develop our our scheme around the talent we have in that particular year. But, uh, um, you know, I could tell you that my staff has been around and been together and, you know, my offensive coordinator was the best man in my wedding. You know, these guys are our family to me. So when we're in here working seven days a week and we're in the office on a Sunday, we're having fun when we do it. And we like to think that maybe that might come across to the, the kids when they're uh, when we're on the field, that the coaches are having fun and they enjoy one another. And, and then hopefully they get that feel around our program and get to get to have a positive feel of the way we interact with one another. You know, it's just a blessing. You know, we've, uh, we've like I said, I've been here starting my 13th year and, and – uh, a lot of those guys have been here um, for for a large chunk of that, and uh, you know I'm only as good as the guys around me, and I've got some great guys around me.
leadership is so important on any football team. I read in your Max Preps interview that you have a specific way you try to coach some of the leaders on your team. And I played high school soccer. We had some leaders, but I never really felt like the coach coached leadership, if you will. It was more fitness and X's and O's. How do you how do you coach that? Well, first off, you got to get the right kids, and that's one thing we always have at Sierra Canyon. You know, this is a tough place to get into. This is a place where we can't just take anybody off the street. Um, and so uh, we tend to get high-caliber, high-quality kids here that, uh, you know, are here because they want to be student-athletes and they want to, you know, make something of themselves. And so, um, you know, this year I can tell you the, the reason why we were successful is we had kind of a rough year the year before. We had some success and beat some really good football teams, but we weren't cohesive unit. And uh, – Guys like Josh Carlin, who we already talked about, and just as much, if not more, Ben Lee, yeah. who uh, was one of our great D linemen in this place, and, and a kid that really did a good job. And they they took a uh, they took pride in being a leader. They took pride in, in uh, you know being there for the young guys. It's an interesting dynamic when you talk about young guys playing with old. I think we've done a pretty good job of getting our older guys to accept our young guys, teach our young guys, and leave a legacy. You know, I think about Josh Carlin, and we talked about Kane and Ray. I mean, I remember Kane and Ray taking Josh Carlin under his wing and teaching him the little things inside of the game and, and being there for him and being a big brother. And to this day, you know, jo- Kanan's out playing in the Pac-12, but uh, there was nobody more excited for Josh when he went to UCLA than Kanan Ray. I mean, my phone was blowing up, and he was excited, and he was saying, you know, two linemen in the Pac-12 and, you know, things like that. And uh, so, um, you know, leadership is also something that's passed down year to year. So when you get lucky and you have some strong leaders um, – if the young kids are paying attention, um, they learn how to be a leader, and then you can use them as an example and say, hey, you know, you know like I remember I was having a conversation with Josh Carlin. Hey, you remember that? Remember when Kanan, how he treated you and how he taught you things and stuff? And then you need to do that for so-and-so. You need to do that with this young kid, Jason Gilmore. And, uh, and they did, you know. And so now hopefully Jason Gilmore will remember Josh Carlin, and, and uh, you know, it kind of passes that legacy down and, and – uh, it's something that you definitely have to coach and you have to be on top of because I always say my best teams haven't won. Um, it's the teams that are the closest that care about one another and uh, and that, uh, you know, when you get into week 15 or 16 of a high school football season, which is a lot of games for these kids, the only way you win is that they want to be there and that they want to be playing for their coach. They want to be playing for one another, more importantly. And, uh, you know, I think we've created that here, which is fun. Yeah, and Josh mentioned how – when E.J. Gable came in, he took it on himself to really welcome him and uh, kind of be a leader to him, and I think that that really paid off really nicely. And, of course, E.J. had a great year. The whole team had a great year. But I interviewed Josh, and he mentioned that, and I remember thinking, okay, this guy you know, this guy knows. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. We don't we – don't, we actually don't get a ton of transfers, you know, but we uh, when a kid like that comes in, it's 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 an interesting dynamic and, and strong leadership accepts that kid, and uh, you know teaches them you know in a short time how kind of how we want to do things here and what we expect and hey you know EJ is an easy kid to coach an easy kid to lead because he's just a fantastic personality he's a great young man and and uh, you know he had goals and dreams for himself and and uh, um, you know but he was he was. He was a great guy to come into our program and, and do some really awesome things here. In basketball, the boys' team, one of the best in the nation. Girls' team, winning championships. You guys have had so much success. You talk to anyone at Sierra Canyon, they mention academics first and foremost. But this group here, the administration, has done a tremendous job with athletics as well. How did you find the right balance, and how has that been able to work so successfully? 
you know, we're, we're incredibly proud. And like I said, I remember when I was getting hired and, or, you know, doing the interview and deciding if I wanted to get here, I met with a guy named Jim Scrumbus, who's our headmaster, who you can't get a better guy that, that you know, to uh, create an athletic program because he's supportive and he, he, he cares about athletics. Um, and I remember hearing his vision and, you know, he wanted to be the best small school sports program in the nation. That's what he wanted to do. Um, and when you talk about the success our basketball team has had, both basketball teams and girls and boys, and football's had a good deal of success. You know, soccer's won two regional championships, which is their state championship because there is no state championship in soccer. And girls volleyball's won state championships. Um, like I said, this is a place that cares about sports, but it doesn't happen by accident. You have an incredibly supportive administration here. Um, and to be honest with you, this is the reason why I coach here is I've got the best headmaster you could ask for. I've got the best AD in Rock Pillsbury. And, and uh, um, you know, the thing about Rock is, you know, he, the thing I respect is obviously we've had great success and stuff, but there's there's no job below Rock. He's willing to, you know, pick up the trash after a basketball game on the floor or, or uh, you know, put the chairs away. And he's just an incredibly hardworking guy whose mind never turns off. He's always thinking of a way to make our sports program better. He's always thinking of a way to uh, improve it. And it's not football. It's not just basketball. He's thinking about every sport. And he's trying to find a way to get the best coaches in here. And, and uh, the sports program that he's built didn't happen on accident. It happened because he worked his butt off to, to create it and, um, and then still working his butt off to keep it there. So, um, it's a great place to be a coach because you feel like you've got people that are, care about your success are going to help you and guide you and, um, you know, that you can turn to if you need something or you need to bounce something off of somebody. And, and uh, we got the best administration around here that you could ever ask for. Two more questions for you, Coach. First, it might not be this upcoming year. It could be. But eventually you're trending towards Division One Southern California high school football. And you mentioned you don't take too many transfers. The academics are so, so important. That's worked. All the way up to Division Three, you, you beat the Division Two champion. It'll probably work in Division Two, but Division One is a different beast. What you guys have going here, and how you've been able to have so much success in these lower divisions, do you think that can work in Division One? I can tell you, I'm excited to try. Um, I can tell you that uh, you know, if you look at history, if you look at uh, different things, there's been a lot of really successful schools. I mean, Stanford's a pretty damn good football team. Um, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna sacrifice our standards. We're not gonna sacrifice who we are. Um, you know, it's worked for our basketball team. Um, you know, they've competed at the open division, and, and obviously that's a little different beast when you're talking about you know 22 players versus five. But uh, you know, I, all I can tell you is we'll we'll go out there and compete our butts off against wherever we're supposed to be, um, and uh, we're excited about the challenge. I mean, I, I gotta tell you, I'm not not necessarily. You know, you talk about Division One and Modern Day and St. John Bosco. I'm not trying to be this guy that's saying something. I'm just saying that we'll go out there and and, uh, and uh, we'll play. And, uh, you know, I believe in our kids. I believe in our staff. We talk about the administration. Um, you know, we'll find a way to, uh, to be successful. And then the last thing for you, what does the future look like for you? Do you ever want to coach in college? Do you ever want to, you know, consider – coaching somewhere else or high school you've built a legacy here I'm sure you want to continue that any future plans in mind for you yeah you know I can tell you that uh Sierra Canyon is my baby this is a program that I'm incredibly proud of I've had some opportunities I've had some people approach me and and uh every time it's just it's not something that I can leave um you know I, I love this place and I, I don't envision any high school job being better than this I'll be honest with you um you know, if, if the right college thing ever approached it, approached me, you know, I, I can't sit here and lie. I would definitely uh, think about it. I got to do what's best for me and my family. Um, but this program would be fine, you know, either way. 
Um, but uh, this is where I plan on being. I'm in the process of buying a new house a mile away, so I've got long-term plans of being sitting in this chair, and uh, um, I can't imagine a better place to work. That's John Ellinghouse, the head football coach at Sierra Canyon. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate you. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.